Alright, so um, what I'm doing here, this is a special, special, special episode to uh, just go a little more in depth into a couple of people who passed away just recently. Uh, and I mentioned them briefly on an episode of the, you know, a regular episode of the show. But I felt they were warranted a little more talking about. And they are two very different people. <laughs> so this will be, you know, this will be fun. So I'll you know, spend a little bit of time on one, a little bit of time on the other. <clears throat> and we'll start off with uh, Tom Tiny Lister. And uh, he passed away a couple days ago, 62 years old. And he had a pretty long career as an actor. Well, I mean, uh, he started, um, I think the first time I saw him was 1989. And, like, and like I'm going to go through his career stuff in depth here, you know, as I go on here. But, yeah, the first time I saw him in anything was 1989. I... saw him in No Hold Barred, so I'll get into that in a minute, but as far as I know, he was still working up until, you know, recently. And, he, you know, he had a real interesting, you know, life story in addition to his acting career. And the other one is uh, Chuck Yeager. Chuck Yeager was... A military man. He was, I believe, it was Navy. I will correct that if later if, if I'm wrong. <laughs> but he was a pilot. He a combat pilot. He, you know, did that for a long while. Then after World War Two, uh, he became a test pilot, and he was a crucial part albeit early part of the space program because the test flights he did here were kind of the precursor to creating you know jet engines that could take something into space and he went on to become to get to the rank of general so no he was not in the navy he was in the air force yes um, so he went on, you know, he went as far as the reach the rank of general, and, you know, when he retired, I will, and, you know, I'll get to him, you know, also, and it's just two very different men, two very different lives, very different experiences, but, you know, I felt they were both worth, you know, giving a little attention to here, and both of them, you know, I got kind of a personal well, connection is the wrong word, but I guess both of them were parts of things that I have been big fan, a big fan of over life. So I will get into that also. So, so yeah, they're both parts of things that I, you know, that I have been big fans of in life. So I figured they were both worth talking about, and we're gonna do that. So take a little brief commercial break here. And then we will get into the show.
All right, so well, first we're gonna we'll start off with Tiny Lister. <coughs> he was born in uh, California, Compton. Of course, now that's a place you know. If you're my age, you know, or younger, you heard you heard of it through you know rap music, getting named all the time. A lot of West Coast rappers from out that way. So he was from there, and. <coughs> school out there, he was a shot putter, and got into college, went to the California State University in Los Angeles, and was a Division II shot put ch- champion, so I mean, he had some legit athletic credentials there, for real, and after that was over, tried out football, in the uh, USFL, didn't make it, then decided to do the acting thing, and I did not realize, I didn't know that his acting career started earlier than No Old Bard, which was the wrestling movie he was in, he was in Beverly Hills Cop 2, right, um, briefly, <coughs> and you know, several other movies, so I mean, he worked all the time. Because I looked up his filmography on uh, Wikipedia, and like it is just huge. There's like a million things there. You know, like, I mean, he was a character actor. I mean, most most of the time he played the same kind of character. You know, a big tough guy. Uh, sometimes, you know, he played that as a villain. Sometimes he played it as kind of a comic relief kind of thing. But that's pretty. You know, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. Right, I mean, he worked for over <coughs> 30 years and was about to, you know, he was in the process of getting ready to shoot something else when he, uh, he got sick, and I'll get to that later. So, you can, you can have a good acting career as a character actor. There is no shame in doing that. But yeah, he started 1987, started acting. <clears throat> and one of his early roles was in Beverly Hills Cop 2. And, you know, for me, and a lot of people, the first time we saw and recognized him was in No Holds Barred. And that came out in 1989. And it was a movie that starred Hulk Hogan. Basically playing a fictional version of himself. And <clears throat> Tiny Lister was cast as the villain, or the kind of well, not he was not the main villain, he was like the number two, basically. But anyway, he was <clears throat> he, he was you know, being the movie was about Hogan's character being forced into basically a kind of no hold barred <laughs> you know fight against Lister's character's name is Zeus and like it was not a good movie okay it was <laughs> it was bad but that's what got him in I mean that's what got his foot in the door as far as being seen and recognized as general public <clears throat> and he I mean he even like sometimes in some movie credits he was billed as 
Tiny Zeus Lister. So, clearly, he didn't have a problem with it. But yeah, that, that's what got his foot in the door. As far as being recognized. Even though the movie itself was a flop. But, I think it just enough people saw him in it. And also, you know, I mean, he, he was out west. He was... Working, he was a working actor, so it may help to raise his profile. And then he to to help kind of promote. Well, what was supposed to help promote the movie? He, you know, worked a few matches in the then WWF that year. And I mean, he didn't have to, he didn't do much. You know, he got in the ring and you know he hit people a couple of times. You know. I think he worked a total of like three or four matches. Yeah. So that was to promote the movie mainly. And like if he, I mean, if he, if he had showed he could have been a regular wrestler and whatnot, who knows? Maybe he would have stayed. <clears throat> so he did that. That was 1989, and he went back to doing, you know, again character roles. And then the next time I remember seeing him was in Friday. And again, he was, you know, the kind of final, well, he was the, the antagonist for Ice Cube's character, Craig. <coughs> and they had a big fight at the end. Now, I think, you know, he'd been in some music videos, he'd been in some other stuff. But <laughs> that was kind of the second, you know, big. Well, this like well, Friday was a hit. That Friday wasn't the second big hit for him; it was the first big hit. But it was a hit, and that got him out there even more, right? And so from there, just you know, I mean, things opened up. Uh, he played the president of the United in the, in the was the Fifth Element. He played the Galactic President, which is like a total departure from how people normally see him. And, you know, and there were a couple of sequels to Friday. He came back and, you know, played the same role in those. Um, <clears throat> and he just, you know, he kept the character stuff up going all the way. And later on, he did uh, another kind of departure was he did a animated role. And I'm looking it up here. Zootopia. Yes, he played, he played a, you know, he did a voice role in Zootopia. So, I mean, just another, you know, total departure from what people would expect from him. And, uh, he would also, back in like 1995, I believe, he came back and worked some, another match with Hogan in WCW. But I think that was the last time he appeared in a wrestling ring. Because again, he was not, you know, he, he was not a wrestler. Right? He was just he was there to promote stuff. And at least his, I mean, well, his time in WWF, he was there to just 
basically to help promote the movie. Then he came back, you know, to work with Hogan again in WCW. That was in 1996, and that was that was it for his wrestling career. So it was short but memorable. <laughs> but I mean, his acting career was like really prolific. You know, way more than even I thought. I mean, I knew he had been in the Friday movies, and I knew he had popped up and stuff here and there. Uh, he was in The Dark Knight. And that famous scene, you know, where the people are all in a boat with the detonators. And he, and he plays a convict, and he takes the trigger switch away from, I forgot who it was, but, and tosses it out of the window. Which, of course, was, uh, was meant as a swerve, basically, because all the fine, upstanding people were prepared to blow their fellow citizens up to save themselves, and, you know, this man who was the, you know, convict, and who was, you know, supposed to be bad, was the one that ended up stopping that from happening. But his, his last role, that you know, his finished role, was in 2017. Um, apparently... This year he was gearing up to start shooting something and unfortunately he got diagnosed with COVID-19. And this is again according to Wikipedia, he got over it, but later on came down with some symptoms again. And ultimately that's what caused his death. So another one lost to COVID-19 for all intents and purposes <clears throat> but you know what for a guy who was not a leading actor he had a great career a prolific career and he showed just what you can do he found a lane he found a you know niche that he fit in and he played it to the hilt and entertained a whole lot of us and you know and he had family he had friends so it's sad that it ended this early and that he could not have gone on to become you know an old old man but he did a lot more at 62 than a lot of people do and that's to be commended so with that um, you know I'll get back to him later but for now uh, we will move on to Chuck Yeager, and uh, he's another one that I kind of have a personal affinity for. So let's get into that right after this little break here. All right, so on to Chuck Yeager. Yeah, I just I'll start off on a bit of a personal note because uh, when I was in elementary school and middle school I was a big time like NASA nerd I mean I 
love reading books about rockets and spaceships and going to the moon and the different, you know, Apollo missions and Mercury missions. And I knew the names of a bunch of the astronauts, John Glenn, who recently passed away this year, you know, Alan Shepard, um, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, you know, I, you know, so I mean, I, you know, I read about all of those guys and I was just fascinated with all of that stuff in the space program. And I love going to the Air and Space Museum in DC and the Goddard Space Flight Center in Maryland, right? Those were all fun things I enjoyed doing. I loved all of that stuff. And part of that for me was the movie The Right Stuff and that was a movie came out in the 80s it was about the space program and it started off not with you know the astronauts themselves but with the thing that had to be done first you know in order to even think about flying in space um, you had to be able to fly faster than the speed of sound because you had to be able to break the you know earth's gravity so at the beginning of the movie it starts out with a test flight that succeeded in that and the man flying the plane was Chuck Yeager so look I watched that movie a bunch of times it was long as hell it was like three hours long and you know I look I rarely sat down and watched it all the way through but I mean it was on cable all the time and we had just gotten cable and you know so it was on every day so it was easy to watch part of it you know go do whatever it is else you're going to do that day and then come back and you know watch the rest right I mean I watched parts here and there but eventually you know I did see all of it and you know, you know like I said the opening part was Chuck Yeager and they kind of came back and revisited him later in the movie but the whole opening yeah the whole opening scene was him breaking the sound barrier so he even though you know he never flew into space he is an important part of like space program lore. So then a few years later, I did a book report on him. And because he had a autobiography, it's called the the book was called Jaeger. And it was, it was a long time since I read it, but it was a very good it was good. It was very good. And if you can find it somewhere here, I recommend it. So I remember reading it. And just he had a he had a great life story, and before he was you know a test pilot flying to break the sound barrier, he was a combat pilot, and he was in World War Two, and he got shot down, you know, over behind enemy lines over in Europe, and he obviously survived the crash but he got out and he went on the run he was not captured so he went on the run 
and I think eventually found his way to where Allied forces had some friendly people and got back home. So then, you know, from there, you know, he, like I said, he became a test pilot after that. Um, you know, and then he continued to go through the ranks in the military. He eventually became a, I think a brigadier general, I believe, in the Air Force. And then he eventually retired. You know, and then after that, he kind of lived the life of being Chuck Yeager. Which, you know, all those guys from that program, you know, Armstrong, Aldrin, you know, Shepard, all the guys, John Glenn, right, they all had kind of a, kind of sort of celebrity life after that, and it was well-earned and well-deserved. Those men all took great risks to further the interests of our country, and program itself was responsible for so much of what we have today. So much of the technology that we rely on today was birthed through the space program. So those men, you know, through the risks they took, the sacrifices they made, were all American heroes in one way or another. And, you know, Chuck Yeager was kind of the first of them to, you know, and I think I may have mentioned this, he was pretty active on Twitter, and I actually, uh, a couple times, I responded to a couple of things he tweeted, you know, and I think I did mention that I, you know, read his book and said thank you and all of that, and For all accounts, he was, he was a good man, and now he was he was older than Tiny Lister when he died. So I mean, he had a good, long, fruitful life, and he did a service to us and to his country, and yeah, he's to be commended for that. So, you know, I would say to you know, the family of General Yeager, uh, thank you for his service, and thank you for. Adding a little excitement to, uh, to, to the life of a 12-year-old boy at the time. And uh, so now... I'm starting to wrap it up here. Alright, so I'm uh, calling a bit of an audible here. Um, because as I was recording this special episode, news came around that Charlie Pride passed away. Now, Charlie Pride, you may not be that familiar with, he was he's most known for being a country music singer, and, <clears throat> but there's more to him than that. So, Charlie Pride was black, and he, before he became a country music singer, he was a baseball player and he played in the Negro Leagues and played for the Memphis Red Sox and the Birmingham 
Black Barons from 1953 to 1958 and he also he had a few stints in the minor leagues for Major League Baseball so he did that <coughs> he was on the farm team for the uh, Yankees actually and that was during his career in the Negro Leagues he was with them for a bit didn't work out, so he went just back to the, to the Negro, Negro Leagues. And then, also during that time, he also got drafted uh, into the Army. And then, after his time in the Army, he went back and played some more. And then, it was after that, his, it was after his baseball career ended that he started his music career and that is what he is most known for actually so actually he was encouraged to get into music while he was playing baseball because I guess some people saw him play here and there and you know said hey you're good so he got a con. He did get a contract. Committed demo tape, and in 1966, he released his first single. But then he got signed to a label, and that's when his career started. So had a couple singles that didn't really do anything. Then his third single was called Just Between You and Me that's the one that hit for him and that was a country music he was that, and that got his career rolling <clears throat> and he was known basically as the first black country first black major country music artist and so he got nominated for some Grammys and it's funny because now I'm um, well, I'm reading from Wikipedia. That's what I'm, what I'm kind of droning here. But so he got when he got booked for his big first big show, the fans who came to see it did not know that he was black because they had just heard the song on the radio. They hadn't seen him, and uh, that was a shocker because. You know, black people doing country music is is not was not a thing. <laughs> well, it still really isn't much of a thing now, but back then it really was not a thing. But once he got rolling, then he had a bunch of singles. He became a big you know he became a big deal. And then in 1971, he had his biggest hit, Kiss the Angel Good Morning. Yeah, he's saying he won some Country Music Association awards. So then, that's, <clears throat> that's when his career took off. And he kept going. And he, this year, just about a month ago, he got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Tonight, passed away a couple days ago 
fortunately another one taken by COVID-19. Um, so, according to Wikipedia, he made 41 albums, 41 studio albums, and I had 29 number one singles. Now, I'm not personally familiar with his music, but my mother was has been a big fan of his for some time. And so he's kind of one of those artists that didn't get talked up very much, you know, by my generation, but my parents knew of him and knew, knew him well. If you're younger than me, then this may be the first time you've heard of him, really. Like for me, I heard the name, I knew the name, but wasn't really familiar with any of his music. So, he, I mean, he was both country and gospel artist. He did both kinds of music. So, and so he got he got to see a lot of different parts of America, a lot of different things. Um, he had just his own kind of brand of American experience. And also, I guess he was around the same age as Chuck Yeager. So, you know, those are two men from the same generation. You know, both entirely different experiences, entirely different lives. You know, it's well, sad to see both of them go. Because even though I, mean, I had more, I guess personal affinity for Chuck Yeager because just because he was a big deal as part of a, a thing that I was really into but Charlie Pride was a big deal to a lot of music fans a lot of black people obviously um, and he was a real he was a groundbreaking artist and now you know, just I mean, just that whole story about the audience not knowing he was black is just a sign of the times, really. Because uh, back then, you just you know they played your music on the radio, right? And people didn't see you right away. You know, and then there were in record companies would sometimes try to get over on the audience as long as they could by not revealing that the artist was black or by downplaying it. Uh, yeah, there's a movie, in the movie The uh, Five Heartbeats. There was a uh, kind of scene about that where the, um, no, the Five Heartbeats was about like a fictional story about a black R&B group and you know, there was a scene where they were going over their first you know, album cover and on the front of the album was like a, a white man and a white woman like walking on the beach and then on the back they had a picture of the group and it was you know and then you know their manager explained it all that look basically did explain that hey we're, we're yeah we are kind of pulling a bait and switch here because if we put you guys on the front then you know, mm-hmm. 
some of the white folks were trying to get by this album may not want to buy it. Right? Yeah, and he, he basically kind of tap danced around and didn't went quite as blunt. But, I mean, yeah, it wasn't uncommon at that time for, you know, managers, record companies to try and gloss over, I guess you could say, the race of the artist that they were black to try and, like I said, get away with not talking about it as long as they possibly could. So, with Charlie, <laughs> I guess they didn't say anything and waited till they sold the tickets. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then, you know, the audience came out and surprise! <laughs> well, and you know, thankfully for his sake, uh, they got over it, <laughs> and he was able to have a have a good career. But um, just felt like you know, paying him tribute was warranted, along with Tanya Lister and Chuck Yeager. So yeah, that's I mean, that's three different guys. Uh, Two of them were around the same age. Uh, Tiny Lister was from the next generation. But, you know, three different guys, three different experiences, three different lives. All, you know, in their own way, kind of lived the American experience. And what it meant for different people at different times. And, you know, they're, they're all people that, you know, you should go dig into yourself from, you know, Lister, you, if you, you've probably seen some of his movies or the movies he's been in. Uh, if not, go check some of those out. Chuck Yeager, I said, like I said, the book, Yeager, uh, it's probably not in print now, because when I read that book and did a book report, it was like 1987. <laughs> so, I mean, you might have to, you know, look really hard, you know, to find it if you can find it I definitely recommend reading it Chuck Yeager had a fascinating life even you know even some you know 35 years before he passed when I read that book at, at that point it still been a very he lived a very fascinating life and uh Charlie Pride I've like I said, I've not I'm not personally familiar with his music but he had a very prolific catalog he won a lot of awards sold a lot of records um Good chance your parents know something about him. And look, I always recommend checking out people's catalogs. Right? You know, I mean, there's usually good stuff there. So with that, uh, we will put a wrap on this special episode. Um, obviously, I did not cover everything for all of these men, but it I felt they were worth talking about. So... What I would ask you to do is the, you know, whatever interest I may have piqued, follow it up, you know, go find out more for yourself. I think you'll, I think you'll like that. And with that, we will uh, move on for this, with this, you know, uh, we'll call it a wrap for this episode because, look, I, you know, I, I always, you know, kind of say I'm starting to ramble or beat myself. So I'm not going to do that here. Right, uh, 
these guys all deserve more <laughs> than to have me out here rambling and droning on and on and saying the same stuff over and over again. Anyway, so thank you for listening. And as always, take care of yourself, take care of each other. God bless you guys. Talk to you next time.